Here we go, episode 236 of Living Off the Land. It's Wednesday night. And you know what that means. It's time for more Living Off the Land (laughs) on an absolutely brutally frigid cold night here. Uh, First major-ish snowfall of the year coming in tonight. You know what's hilarious is uh, you're like looking at your phone you're doing something else, and all I have to say is it's Wednesday night, and you just pop up and you finish the the the, the statement. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. That's how I roll. So anyway, I'm Dan here with Steven, and we have a very special guest in well, not in the house tonight, but uh, from Jacksonville, Florida, or thereabouts. Uh, Brett Hoyer is joining the show. Brett, thanks for hopping on again. How are you? Frigid night here in Jacksonville as well at a, what? a cool 58 degrees. Oh, wow. Mm. That actually is kind of cold for you guys, isn't it? No snow in the forecast, though. It's a bit chilly for November. Yeah. Well, it's snowing here. And uh, we've got a beer tonight. We are delving into the Christmas beers. Even though it's not past Thanksgiving yet, but we are doing it. And uh, this is one that Brett suggested from BrewDog up here in uh, Columbus, Cleveland area, or Scotland, as it originated from, we are doing their Hoppy Christmas, Christmas IPA. So Brett has that as well down in Jacksonville, was able to find it. You said before the show that it's it's um, becoming easier to find BrewDog down there, right? Yeah. I, um, you're seeing more and more of the seasonal stuff. I also got the... Um, Fest beer, Oktoberfest, uh, and then... Ah, fest beer. <laughs> and then a while back, uh, I got their sampler that had a bunch of different things, um, uh, d- different, you know, random stuff. There's like one that they collaborated with Iron Maiden, the band, the rock, Ooh, you know, rock okay. band on. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that. you know, we're seeing a little bit more down here in Florida in this market of uh, the brew dog beers yep always the fan favorite the elvis juice um they also have the columbus blue jackets collab i I believe it's called fire the cannon which uh, i had on the show a couple weeks ago but uh yeah so uh we just uh cracked this open and tucked into this what do you think i like it i mean i unlike my german father who drinks nothing but Pilsners and that's that's about it. But uh, whenever he drinks an IPA, he makes just the a face that <laughs> you know is unbearable. But um, it's good. It's uh, it speaks for itself in the name, Hoppy Christmas. It, it honestly yeah. definitely has that that Christmas uh, you know spices and and all that kind of stuff mixed with a little bit of the, the hoppiness of, yeah. of an IPA. So it's a, it's 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 different for sure. Yeah. For a holiday beer. You do taste you do taste those Christmas notes. I will also say it's very citrusy and very right. light. Um I I mean it is an IPA. Uh so it's not it's not technically a Christmas ale, it's a Christmas IPA. 
but right. it certainly is a lot lighter than uh, normal Christmas ales. Um, for sure. I do love the can. The can is very festive uh, in the Christmas fonts and the colors and the snowflakes. I do like uh, how they they pretty interestingly enough it's it's pretty close to like calves colors which is interesting oh yeah look at that but uh but yeah festive india pale ale uh brewed in ohio it says columbus ohio driven by passion and united by brew dog six percent alcohol by volume um yeah what are we rating this I would, I'd give it. Oh, I don't, I, I don't know what the scale is. Uh, on one to on ten, days, but uh, I'll give it a six point eight. Okay, I was kind of in the same ballpark. I'm gonna go six point six. So okay. we're per, per thinking pretty similar on this. It is very good. I, it, uh, you get the hint of the Christmassy, but like really. I could, I could, funny enough, could be, could see myself drinking this in the summertime, like Christmas in July. This is a perfect beer for Christmas in July. For it's sure. light, it's citrusy. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it for sure. So, good choice. Now I am on their website right now. And okay, it looks like they have a Christmas themed uh, beer. Um, it's a Pecan and tr- and toffee stout. Yeah, they had that at the uh, at the liquor store I was at too. And it's did you did you see the collaboration? No. That they with it? Um, it's the the official name of the beer is called It's a Butte, and it's um, a limited edition <gasps> National Lampoon's Christmas <gasps> uh, beer. Really nice. Looks like. Oh, I wish Joel was here. Really nice. But I'll be I'll be on the on the hunt for for that. But they 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 do a lot of different beers with these in partnerships with these movies. Yeah. Um, they have a Lord of the Rings themed one. That's pretty cool. Interesting. Hmm. So it must be. Uh, I mean, that, hey, if you're a fan of those movies, I'm sure that is probably a huge draw just to have, you know, try the beer out, but then also have yeah. it as a collector item or something. You know what, Clark? It's best to just let them finish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Clark, that's really, that's really cool. We like to get something to you too for, uh, something really nice. <laughs> Real nice. <laughs> oh, I wish Joel was here. That's like his favorite movie ever. Shout out Joel if you're listening. Uh Joel was supposed to be on the podcast tonight, but uh had a had a family thing come up, so uh he was not able to join us. But um yeah. So all right. So six point eight, six point six, Brew Dogs Hoppy Christmas, Christmas IPA. Go check it out. Um and uh yeah, that is beer of the week. Well, excellent. It is now time to get to better know a neighborhood. Uh, last week we were on the east side. In fact, the last two weeks we were on the east side. One was out in Lake County in Menor, and we were in Shaker Heights last week. Tonight, folks, I'm feeling a little bit rich, a little bit bougie. And so we're going to head to the west side Ooh. tonight. 
We're actually for the second time going to be heading to to Lorraine County. Ooh, Avon. And this is, is that where oh, going? you know what? You nailed it. Ah, we are going to Avon, which is the second fastest growing community in northern Ohio, where the average home price is four hundred and ten thousand dollars. The that's an increase of thirteen percent year over year. Yikes. People are literally just like crawling over each other trying to get it within this city. So what's so great about it? Well. I'm going to try to dissect that here. But first, let's talk about the geography. The north end of the town is at Krebs Road and the railroad tracks. Uh, Avon Lake is just to its north. That's just only about maybe a mile away from Lake Erie. On the west side, it's bordered by Miller Road and Case Road. That's That would take you towards Sheffield. Mills Road borders it on the south border. That borders North Ridgeville. And on the east side, it's just a little bit to the west of Bradley Road, which is the border with Westlake. I-90 runs through the northern portion of the city, and Route 83 runs north-south almost directly through the center of it. And those are your main, your main commercial corridors are along Route 83, which is Center Road, and Route 254, which is Detroit Road. And we'll just start dead center right in the middle of the city where you have Avon Commons uh, Shopping Complex. It's not really a mall per se. It's not even really like an outdoor mall, but it's just a whole bunch of collection of big box stores and, and a whole bunch of other miscellany there. Um, you do have some Cleveland mainstays within this complex, stuff like Mitchell's Ice Cream and Melt, which is awesome also. Um, within this complex also, you've got Costco, you've got uh, Target, Marshalls, Home Goods, Kohl's, Home Depot, and all sorts of other stuff. And perhaps just to, well, and to the north, Actually, to the north of 90, across from Avon Commons, you have some stuff that you won't see in other parts of the metro area. Stuff like Cabela's, Duluth Trading Company, Main Event Entertainment, uh, just a whole bunch, you know, some really, like, higher-end, you know, experiences, be it entertainment or be it, like, outdoors, outfitting, you know, that sort of thing. And just across the other way on Route 83 is probably my favorite place for fast food in the whole city, and that's Culver's, at least of the chain places. Um, I could certainly go for a butter burger right now. You ever now. had Culver's, Brett? Oh yeah. Do they have them down there? They are in Florida. Uh, they they do. Um, and I remember when they first opened up, I went like on the first day, and the line was oh. down the block. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of the day that Raising Cane's went in in Strongsville. It was like that for the whole first week. Yeah. Yeah. Raising Cane's, Chick-fil-A, and Culver's are like the three fast food space businesses that I feel like if those are in your city, your city is probably upper class or doing well. Or so it seems. I don't, better, if I, I don't know. If I, for better I mean, or for worse. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if I would consider fast food upper class, but yeah. Okay. No, it, it's, you know, you compare a place like Culver's to something like Burger King. Oh, okay, now, yeah. That's kind of you know the base of comparison same thing with chick-fil-a i mean you compare that to like kfc or mcdonald's is the upper class of fast food i guess yeah anyway as you get a little bit further to the west um you head out toward uh route 611 you know there's not as much residential housing out that way but uh one one thing to point out is the mercy health stadium the home of the lake erie crushers this is visible right from i-90 and the crushers of course are I think they're independent, actually, minor league baseball. They're not affiliated with any team. Yeah, I believe so. Actually, kind of interesting because, you know, compare that with the Lake County Captains who are out in East Lake. The Captains. The Lake County Captains. 
who actually are affiliated with the Indians, but or the Guardians, excuse me. Whoa! But uh, yeah, I got to put, put money in the jar for that. It's the Gardos. Uh, yeah. So I've actually never seen a game at Mercy Health Stadium, but uh, that's definitely a place to check out if you've never been there. I believe Avon has a brewery as well. Oh, there's there's plenty actually. Well, isn't there Avon Brewing Company? Yes, and Avon believe, Brewing Company. Uh, Railroad as well, I believe, is in Avon. Yes, that's right by the Culvers. Mm-hmm. That yeah, it's right off of Route 83, actually, just yeah. north of 90. I uh, love Railroad. Railroad's a great place. Yeah, Avon Brewing Company actually is the same company. They have um, Hot Brewing Company that they just opened in North Ridgeville too. It's the same company that owns that. So they're actually starting to expand a little bit. Hop Brewing Company. Where? Why do I not? Why do I know that? It was the old Aces. Yes, I've been there. Okay. Yep. For what? For whatever reason, I thought it was something else. Yeah, good mm. stuff there too. The Winking Lizard is also right there along 83. The Wink. Cleveland Main State has got they got like eight or nine locations in the in the area. I think that's their furthest west actually is the mm-hmm. Avon location. Yes. Yeah. As you go further south away from Avon, you you know, the the commercial corridor along 254 kind of can extends. There's other businesses out there. Uh Peace Love and Little Donuts of Avon. That's actually kind of a funny name right there. Yeah. That's just they have multiple locations too. That's just to the west of Stony Ridge Road. Two bucks Avon is, is right along the corner, actually, of Stony Ridge and, and Detroit also. Um, and as you go further south, it's mostly residential area, although I do want to point out the south and east ends of Avon are like golf course nirvana. Mm. It starts with Bobolink, which is on Route 83, which oh, yeah. is you know, just your regular old public <sighs> course. But they've, got, but they've got 36 holes there. Good track. And then you got some you got some real upper class golf clubs in the city on the As east Steve side. As Steve said at the beginning of the episode, Bouget. Yeah. Avon Oaks Country Club is on the northeast side of town, just south of I ninety. Uh Hilliard Lakes Golf Club is on the southeast side of town, just um to the north of US Route twenty. And then there's Red Tail, which is a fabulous golf club, which I actually had the the fortune of playing once. That oh, was yeah. about nine years ago. Hmm. And it's one of these courses where the holes just kind of weave in between the housing developments and everything. Oh, God. Like the bunkers and the the rough is like pristine almost. I mean, it's it's one of the top tracks in the area. So you got to be good opinion. to play there or else you're going to take out a window. Uh, probably, yeah. Cause got it. I, I got to tell you, in situations like this, if I'm buying a house on a golf course community, I'm making sure that my house is either right by the tee box or failing that. Mm. It's got to be on the left side of the fairway. It cannot be on the right mm. because you have a lot more players that are going to slice the ball than they're going to hook it. Probably, I would never buy a house on the right side of the fairway. You're you're going to get pelted. But be that as it may, again, and and there's lots of you know there's not a lot of parkland in Avon. Surprisingly, for a city like this, it's just a whole bunch of little small ones, pretty much sprinkled throughout the city. You don't have any major metro parks reservations, and you're not connected to any real bodies of water either, which I guess is another negative. But again, you're pretty close to Lake Erie here. And even from the south end of town, you're only having to drive three or four miles to get to Lake Erie. The unfortunate thing is that in Avon Lake, there's really not a lot of like beaches. It's a pretty steep cliff down into Lake Erie from there. But with that, beaches. But what that means is that Come all, on! The, all the houses that are right along the lake. Are like million dollars enough because you have like the yeah. perfect view down into Lake Erie. 
And maybe we'll cover Avon Lake a little bit more on a later podcast, but uh, Avon has a lot to, to like. It's extremely safe. It's extremely popular. There's great shopping. There's great uh, local businesses. And you, if you love golf, you, you've come to the right place. Brett, do you remember that episode of The League where uh, they're playing uh, ch- uh, charades in uh, the, uh, the mediator's apartment? And Kevin is is up, and he's Kevin! like he's like dragging his feet, and he's like picking something up, and and uh, uh, the mediator goes, "You're mad. You're a mad farmer." And he goes, <laughs> "Beaches, come on!" That's immediately what I thought of when Steve said, "There's no beaches in Avon." <laughs> I'm sorry, you said soup group. Wonderful. All right. Never seen the league, folks. Check it out. It's it's on some app. It's an FX show. So. All right. So that's uh, that's uh, better known neighborhood. That is better known neighborhood. That is Avon, home of the Eagles, purple and gold, and we can wham it with the right hand. That's right. We can indeed wham it. Wham it, we say. All right. Let's get into it. We've been uh, previewing this for a couple weeks now. And very excited that we are going to preview the world's biggest sporting event ever. Ever. And uh, I know some people scoff at that because here in America, some people don't like this sport. But it is indeed the world's game. And it is the biggest uh, sporting spectacle in the world. So, of course, we are talking about WrestleMania. No, I'm sorry. We are talking about the World <laughs> Cup. <clears throat> the 2022 World Cup, which, interestingly enough, is being played in the wintertime because it's being hosted in Qatar. Is it Qatar or is it Qatar? Qatar. Qatar. All right. Unless if you're Mary Beth Stefano. <laughs> Good old MB. All right. Um, <laughs> anyway, I would just like to make a statement off the rip, off the top. I, of course, will be rooting for the United States, but normally I would also be rooting for Italy, my country of ethnicity. Uh, We have boycotted this World Cup due to the uh, uh, humane atrocities and uh, just ridiculousness of the uh, government out there. We do not recognize this as the World Cup, so we did not partake, and we did not travel to Qatar for this tournament. Well, you mean Italy doesn't like 6,500 people dying building the stadium? Yes, that's exactly what it is. So we would rather sit this one out, and we'll see you in the U.S. This is the official statement of the Yes, of, of, the, of, of the Fiji-Chi, the FIGC. It was this. This was planned all along for them just to not. Yes. To yes. They actually them. hired me as their PR director, and I uh, countless hours and meticulous uh, note taking uh, helped me come up with this statement, and it shall be uh, recognized throughout the sporting world. Back to you, Stephen. So, the 2022 World Cup, as was stated earlier, is in Qatar. The first match starts on Sunday with the opening match between Qatar and Ecuador. The U.S.'s first group game is the next day against Wales. And the group stage 
continues on for I think twelve days in total uh, until you right. get to the until you get to the knockout round. I know the U.S.'s last uh, group stage game is on is Black Friday. Yes, against England. no, actually the no, second game is England. Third That's game right. is on Sorry. the 29th against. I bet you Iran. know you know when your country is not in the tournament, you just you don't know what the dates are and when the you know all that stuff. So the bottom line here is we're we're going to talk about this in a couple different ways. We're going to talk about who's got the best anthem, who has the best uniforms, who's got the, and then I'll ultimately who's got the best teams. You know who's going to end up winning this thing. You know is it going to be one of the usual suspects? Is it going to be somebody who hasn't won the tournament before? Only eight countries have ever won this thing previously. Uh, Spain, France, Italy, Germany, England, Uruguay, Brazil, and Argentina. So seven of those are in this tournament. Italy, as we aforementioned, is not. It's boycotting. So that means there's 25 of 32 countries in there that has not won it previously. Might there be a surprise? And will year? not. Or it will be or will it be just one of the mainstays. We're going to break that all down starting right now. Let's start with you, Brett. We're, um we talk about um, this tournament in its in its general sense. I mean, who are some of the teams that you're just before we go through all the groups that that you like in this tournament? And who are some that you don't really? Well, you got to take into account just the perennial juggernauts of of international soccer football. Um, you know, Brazil, the Germans, <laughs> Brazil, Argentina, yeah. Uh, Spain, France, those are those are heavy hitters. Oh, don't be humble. Germany, Germany's in there. Uh, not so fast, my friend. Well, historically, maybe not Histori- this year. Historically, yes. Yeah. But you know who he we'll, did? We'll you know you, you know who he didn't say? Hmm. England. Oh yeah. Is it not yeah. coming home? Has it ever I, been? I, I, Wait, hold on. Let me be Casper Schmeichel here for a second. Has it ever been home? <laughs> Not since 1966. Yeah, and it ain't coming home this year either, buddy. No, no. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, those are those are your your kind of shoe in. You know, whenever whenever people are predicting who's going to make it to the <laughs> final, usually one of those four or five teams. Um, yeah, but there are a lot of other teams that are on the rise. Um, you know. You've got, um, well, I mean, you can throw England in there. They could always surprise like they did in the Euros a, a couple of years ago. But yep. ultimately, you know, just over the last few World Cups, you know, they, they just kind of fall flat in their face. So, well, 18, they, 18, England they made has far. had two good major tournaments in a row. They, they finished. A semi-finalist in the 2018 World Cup, and then of course we're finalist in the Euro 2020. But you're right. Going back before that, 2014 they finished bottom of their group. 2010 they barely advanced out of the group stage, and then got drilled by Germany in the round of 16. So yeah, it's it's been up or down with them. Oh. Yeah. The lead up to this tournament, um, the English national team I think scored like two goals over oh they've uh, been in terrible form yeah it, it was not going into this tournament it was not a good look for england nor was it a good look for the united states to be honest with you because they i think they were shut out in their last two uh friendlies before kind of before 
before the tournament Qatar. So that is you know, correct. Uh, they they lost two nil to Japan. They they tied Saudi Arabia zero zero. Oh, there you go. So it, yeah. It, that is fascinating when you look at the U.S.'s group. You know, in Wales, another team in that group, they only got one point in the UEFA Nations League in six games. So they're not exactly yeah. doing well either. The only team in that group that seems to be in decent form right now is Iran. And now they're starting to deal with internal drama because some of their players got dropped because they were t- speaking out about the whole Masa Imani situation. Uh, so there's, like, government interference in the football operation, and it's just – it makes you wonder what what their collective situation is going to be going into the tournament. So, yeah, Group B is a, a real like these teams are at sixes and sevens, and who's going to find their form quickest once the games get started? That's really the question. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, another another one that that stood out to me is Denmark, um, only because they they've collected and 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 gotten a, a good group of players over the years and then you also have the return of christian erickson who um obviously had a cardiac arrest incident uh back in the euros and they didn't think he was ever going to play soccer again and turns around and and just bypasses every single roadblock there was and comes back and now he's a, a you know he's playing for manchester united and and you know he hopefully we see him on the field again for this world cup yeah, and he had some adversity at club level too because I think he was playing for Inter Milan when that happened. And there's some rule that if you're in Syria, off you you can't play if you have a defibrillator. So he actually had to leave Italy and and go you know, like you said to Manchester United. Um, well, he had to stop once um, last season. He had to stop at Brentford, and I think that was just kind of like. Oh, that's a, correct. Yes, you went to Brentford yeah, first. He had a. Uh, you know, a, a, a one season to see how well he can do and if he can make it through and everything went good. And and um, and then uh, Manchester United decided to swoop in and pick him up. And so, uh, yeah, it should be interesting um, to see him back out there. And I'm sure the fans will, will, will be backing him, you know, both domestic fans from Denmark and then also a lot of other, other fans, uh, you know, visiting there. So... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of these other second-tier um, international teams, Poland, um, Belgium. Um, for a while, I thought Belgium was going to be, like, the next big juggernaut team, but they've kind of mellowed out a little bit. So uh, there's a there's going to be a lot of good soccer, football being played, you know, next, starting next weekend. I really I like can't your, wait. I really like your choice of Denmark. They were extremely good at the Euro. They were undefeated and untied during world cup qualifying they look like they are just on an absolute tear right now and you mentioned uh poland robert Lewandowski, one of the very best players in the world uh belgium kevin de bruyne who i think is the best player in the world quite frankly so you know it, these, these teams are to be reckoned with for sure <laughs> yeah I, okay i mean that's a whole nother discussion i i love kevin de bruyne i don't know that he's the best player in the world he could be one of the best players in the world, Manchester City. But when you surround him with all that talent, yeah, that definitely helps. So, sure. I just, I, I, I just think uh, there's still a few guys out there that are uh, that are still there. Like uh, there's this, there's this Lionel Messi guy that's that's having a redemption seat. He, he, he wasn't very good last year, but he has been 
absolutely on smoke this season. And I'll tell you what, this is also a different conversation. Uh, if Argentina wins the World Cup this year, I think he's the unquestioned best soccer player of all time. No doubt about it. That's the only major trophy that's missing from his resume. Yeah. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I had to step out for a second. Uh, had something going on. Actually, got a bloody nose. I don't know how that, why that happened, but had to, <laughs> had to step out there for a second. So I don't know what you guys are talking about the last couple minutes. But uh, oh, we were just talking about some of the the teams just going off the cuff, not really okay. talking about groups. Although we did cover Group B, the U.S.'s group, a little bit, and the fact that it seems like none of the teams are in form, and it's just going to be a matter of who finds well, the form first. Let's do that then. Let's go group to group. If you, if you can pull yep. up a list of the yeah and start we'll start with group a and we'll just go right through indeed, indeed. and we'll just let's just predict the groups and predict who's going to make it to the knockout stage yeah so group a group a i think might actually be the weakest group in the whole tournament you've got qatar ecuador netherlands and senegal as your four teams <coughs> and right. senegal's best player is not playing in the world cup now Sadio he Mane, yeah he's hurt that could be a real monkey wrench for them brett how are you seeing this group yeah, I mean, <laughs> you didn't mince words there when you said it's the weakest group. I mean, obviously you have the host, the host country, Qatar, who, um, you know, they're they're probably going to surprise some people. Um, we we played them. Uh, United States played them in the um, the Gold Cup, right? The Gold Cup this past summer because they were kind of like a substitute team in there, and they they gave us a, a challenge for sure. So they're not, you know they're not a team that's just coming out of left field and with no experience or anything. Um, so Ecuador, you know, they, they've made the world cup a bunch. Um, didn't really see much of them in the qualifying stages just because, you know, they're like comable. Um, but, uh, you know, they they, again, they usually come out of, out of the woodwork and in surprise sometimes in these world cup tournaments. Um, yeah. Right, Senegal. They don't have Mane, even though I thought I read that that he's going along with them oh, is to he? the tournament. Also, I could be wrong. I he he did. He is in the squad. Also, they kept yeah. him in the team. Okay. Whether they'll he'll actually play or not is a whole. So other maybe discussion. If, maybe if they progress far into the into the knockout round. Yeah, that'd that, be interesting. That's, yeah, that's that's gonna be a, a a one to watch. But um, and then you've got. Uh, one of the, one of those, uh, I, I mean, they historically they've always had great teams, but Netherlands, I mean, the they, Dutch. they're they're going to come out, yeah, they're 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 going to obviously come out on top just because of the level yeah. of talent that they, have. um, you know, and and I re- I saw a stat the other day that uh, you know, well, obviously they missed the last World Cup, but one mm-hmm. of the best defenders in the in the world, um, Van um Van Dyke. Uh, from uh, from Liverpool, this is his first. This is his first tournament. So, wow, you know, a lot of these a lot of their Dutch players are going to come out like you know on fire because they want to they want to show themselves you know how how good they are in this tournament. So, Netherlands yeah. has been in the wilderness a lot lately because the last major tournament you played in like you just mentioned was 2014 they did not qualify for euro 2016 or 2020 nor the 2018 world cup wow yeah that's interesting especially for for a nation that has i mean you know we're 
obviously Italy, we're we're boycotting this one, but but we didn't make the World Cup the previous time. And it's kind of a similar situation. I mean, you know, we did we did win that Euro. We won the Euro in between. We did win that so. Euro thing in between, but <laughs> but yeah, it it is interesting how uh, some of the uh, perennial powers have been down. I mean, like even we mentioned at the beginning, you know, Germany's qualified for all for these tournaments the last few years, but but they've been on a downturn. Um, I feel like S- Spain has been, but I feel like they're they're just now opening up a new cycle. Uh, they have a ton of young talent. Uh, yeah. France is another one you wonder about. They're dealing with a lot of injury trouble at the moment. And yeah, but got, they're just and they've got I, the winner's I, curse on them. You know, they're just so freaking loaded with talent. But yeah, they do have a lot of guys out injured. Christopher and Kunku just got hurt the other day in training. Uh, I don't think Pogba's playing. Pogba's out. Kempembe's out. I mean, yep. they, they got some real problems. But. Uh, bringing it back in, so they Brett, still you, got they still got old man Giroud there though. They smartly brought him along. Mm. Look out, the Milanista. That's right. All he does, all he does, is score big goals in big games. That's right. King so, Oli. so Brett, you had Netherlands winning Group A. Who you got second? I'm gonna put Senegal, um, just because they, yeah, they don't have yeah. money, but they do have a lot of other talent. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one of the better African teams. They just won the African Cup of Nations, yep. yes. um, and um, you know one of one of the you know their starting goalkeepers, obviously one of the dual goalkeepers that have been playing for Chelsea this season, um, Edward Mendy. Mendy. So um, he's he's pretty good when he when he's you know on a on a roll has a lot of confidence. He's he's usually pretty good. So I see Netherlands uh, top of that group, Senegal as the runners up. I, we're probably clean sweep with this one. Uh, yeah. That Mane injury really gives me pause. And, you know, Ecuador, I look at them. They are, they were the only team in Comable of the other eight outside Brazil and Argentina to get points against Brazil and Argentina in qualifying, which hmm. I think is really impressive. Yeah. Uh, maybe perhaps we're selling them a little bit short. But in the end... I do think that Senegal's got enough talent to get through. Uh, Ismail Sar is another player that, of theirs that's really good. He's a talented winger for them. Um, and again, with Mendy and some of these other guys, I I do think that they've got enough to go through. So Netherlands first, Senegal second across the board. Mm-hmm. All right, Group B. Well, this is the U.S.'s group, so this this one will be of great interest to our listeners. Uh, Brett, we discussed this one already a little bit. What are you feeling on this one? Yeah, um, it, it's it's really just talking about it kind of makes you think it's it's much more open than you think. But ultimately, I think England is is going to pull it off and, and and they'll win the group. Um, and then I, I mean I can't say that U.S. is not going to make it through. Um, that first game will be very important, and I don't want to go as far to say it's going to be pivotal, but they better come out and look a lot better than they did in those warm-up games. Um, yeah. So it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be entertaining for sure. Um, hopefully we can get a, at least a point from that first match against Wales. Um, and then, you know, that, that Black Friday game against England, I, I'm willing to bet it will probably be one of the highest-viewed U.S. men's national team uh, games in 
history for sure mm-hmm. and and they played they played england in the world cup group stage before in 2010 so and that, that this is a much stronger england squad than it was back then you know with uh robert green uh letting the ball go through his legs and, <laughs> and then and then we ended up drawing with them so um but yeah really i i can't I, I, I can't say that the United States is not going to make it through. Um, and I think England is probably the strongest here. So I'll say England one, USA two. Steve, go ahead. Uh, so again, this is a group where I feel like just about anything could happen because none of the teams are, are playing well at the moment. But it's very hard to get away from that England one, USA two. I do think it's worth noting the last time these two teams were drawn the same group in 2010. The USA actually topped the group, but I got the feeling that that was a more veteran, stronger side than what the U.S. has currently. This was the Tim Howard, uh, Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey team. So I'm not picking the U.S. to go first, but I I do think they will get through in second place. Veteran, and yes. I don't I don't think that I don't think that U.S. team is more talented than this team. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, but. If, but veteran experience goes a long way so hmm. but yeah so yeah i i guess i'll just be boring i will say england first and the u.s second you guys are you guys are scared usa is gonna win this group Ooh, all right and i'm actually tempted to say that england's not gonna even gonna go get out of the group ah oh, man all right i mean that i guess I, I wouldn't be shocked based on the way they've been playing the only reason why it, that I'm I, I'm going to I'm I am going to pick it, England to get out of the group. I just I, I can't see I can't see Wales beating England. Mm. I can't, and I know Iran Iran's like they're not. You you would think World Cup and Iran like okay yeah that's a pushover. They're really not. No, they're not. But I can't really see them beating England either. Interesting. I actually I actually think the U.S. is going to beat England when they play on Black Friday. Well, if that happens, there's almost no way the U.S. doesn't get out of the group. And actually, they probably do win the group if they get that yeah. result. I Yeah, that I think that's going to happen. Yeah. So I got the U.S. winning the group, and I guess I'll say England. England gets out. Okay. I am just drawing in the bracket as we go here. So uh, Group C, this one has Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Ooh, boy. What are you thinking here, Brett? Yeah, I mean, Argentina is going to dominate yeah. this group for sure. I think the, the but team that, that gives But that runner-up spot with, with those yeah. teams, wow. Yeah, I mean, Argentina is going to run the table in that group. Um, I think Poland is probably going to make it out of there. Um, Lewandowski is – Unbelievable. I mean, he's he's right up, you know, guys like Erling Holland who didn't even make the the tournament with um, with Norway. Um, but guys, you know, just strikers that can make something out of nothing on the on the drop of a dime. You know, just just right with the right pass or you know the ball falling in the right direction. I mean, he so he's he's going to lead that team. Poland. I've always liked watching Poland for sure. Um, they've He's put out a, a really good team, whether it is World Cups or Euros. Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'll say Argentina 
Tapping and Poland um, getting through and as, as a runner-up. Mexico, I think, is going to struggle. They interesting. They're they're, they're pretty weak. Um, yeah, I mean, they're pretty weak in numbers as it is. They've had a few injuries leading up to this. Um, their management situation with um, and I can't think of his name right now, but he's a former coach, Atlanta United. Um, he. Uh, they they're just kind of a, a you know a mess right now. We're kind of regrouping before this tournament starts. Um, I think they had like the lowest number of call ups for this squad, so um, or at least the lowest. Uh, however, that was put like it, it was kind of uh, uh, it was it was kind of a uh, total number of appearances know, or caps among the yeah. players. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, and even I mean Saudi Arabia. Obviously, when we look at these Middle Eastern teams, we don't think much of them. But, I mean, they they do take their, their soccer seriously, just like the rest of, you know, everybody else across the pond. So, you know, um, I could see I could see it being a, a, a any any anything goes with with those those other spots that don't make it through. But, yeah, Argentina one and Poland two for me. So Poland do not have a good history at the World Cup, and they had a pretty, honestly, a pretty easy group in 2018, and they bottled it pretty much. Meanwhile, Mexico, it, they're the most consistent team in the world when it comes to this stuff. They always get through the group stage, and they always lose their first knockout game. <laughs> so just for that reason, I, I got to, you know, and I know Mexico has not played well since the first half of the octagonal. They really stru- stumbled in. Coming into where they they you know barely stayed in front of the U.S. and Costa Rica in the end. I don't know. Just consider it. Once they get on the pitch, they'll they'll figure it out. And I think they I think Mexico will get out in second. Uh, Argentina will boss this group. However, I I think they will get nine points. Yeah, I think I'm gonna roll with Argentina and Mexico. Uh, I think I'm gonna agree with Steve there. You guys are covering it so well that by the time it gets to me, I don't really feel like I have anything to add. So, yeah, I'll just go Argentina, Mexico. All right. Well, on to Group D. Group D has France, Denmark, Australia, and Tunisia. Mm. Dan, why don't we start with you on this one? Well, obviously, France is the uh, defending World Cup champions. I mean, if you look at... I mean, it would probably have to go between them and Brazil as the most talented team at the tournament. Uh, I think we mentioned earlier that uh, France is dealing with a bit of a bit of an injury. Uh, one of the guys that we didn't mention, uh, somebody that's near and dear to Brett's heart, Zangolo Conte, also not playing in the World Cup, I believe. That's another loss. Uh, so their midfield is pretty beat up. And if we learned anything at the Euros, if you don't have a good midfield, you almost have no chance. So I don't know if that also bodes for the World Cup, but I think France, I do think they're going to win the group, but I do think it's it's going to be a struggle. Um, I think this is going to be a very tough uh, group as far as who's going to win it. Um, you said Tunisia. I'm, why am I blanking on who else is in the Tunisia, group? Australia, and Denmark. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then De- Denmark, the way that they played uh, at the uh, at the Euros, um, getting all the way to the semifinals, 
uh, was incredibly inspiring. We've already talked about what happened, um, you know, the, the almost tragedy that happened on the field with um, uh, with Christian Erickson. Uh, he's back, um, and they're just a team that, you know, it, it's not it's not obviously Denmark is not the most talented team. No, we're close, but if there was a team that was emblematic of the word team, I think it would be Denmark. And funny thing enough is I think that situation that happened with Christian Eriksen kind of, you know, gelled them to that point. And I think they're just ri- they're just continuing to ride that wave of momentum. So uh, I'm going to go with France and then Denmark coming out of this group. Brett, what do you think? I mean, I couldn't agree more with what Dan said. Um, you know, France, France is definitely not at full strength. And... There are they are missing some key cogs when it comes to their 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 operation from front to back, um, but ultimately the depth that France has, like if I just think about how many times I've played FIFA, hmm. and it's like who who's this guy? Oh, he's French. Oh, he's got you know he's seventy five or 75 overall but then like 80, 89 yeah. potential, and you've never even heard of him before yeah. it's like, 75 they, overall and he's 19 yeah they, they're just ridiculous so I, I think that their their talent is just uh, unmatched by by most of these teams like you said Brazil or Spain are, are, are up there with them um, so yeah I Although they are missing guys like Conte or Kimpembe, or uh, I mean, they're just they're just loaded. And even if five of those other guys got injured and they had to bring some reserve, you know, uh, reserve players in, they'd still be pretty darn good. So mm-hmm. um, France France is going to top that for sure. Still, um, yeah. you can't stop Mbappe. Um, I he, mean, yeah, Mbappe and Benzema leads their line. I mean, what do you? Got? And then you, you're bringing guys yeah. like Giroud off the bench and, and you know, other guys uh, like that up top. And it's just – I they have the Hernandez brothers as their, as their uh, left and right back. You know, like – I yeah. Yeah, and okay. then – I mean, it pains me to not bring Australia into the conversation because um, they're usually in it and they usually do, you know, pretty well for themselves. They surprise a lot of people. Um, you know, my daughter's, uh, soccer coach is from Australia. So he's super stoked about, um, this tournament and them being in there He show me his, his authentic, uh, Socceroos Jersey that he, that he purchased recently. Um, so, Hey, I'm uh, Brett, yeah. uh, you can let him know that in 2006, uh, when Italy played Australia, that a hundred percent was a penalty. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really want to see Australia surprise people, but the just the the spirit and the unity of of Denmark's team, I think that's going to carry over, especially seeing Ericsson out there. That's going to carry over from the Euros and 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 all that into um into this turn, you know, this tournament, and I think they'll come second. Now, I will say, um, if Casper Schmeichel is supposed to be starting for this Denmark national team. I mean, he's had a pretty weird club situation mm-hmm. over the last few months because he was, I mean, he's he still is. They'll probably build him a statue 
along with all those other guys that won him that that, that uh, Premier League title back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, he's he he left Leicester and went to Nice in France and basically just didn't didn't work out. And and he I don't know how much how much you know playing time and 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 what what kind of form he's in um at the moment so that that should be something to keep an eye on but yeah i mean france Absolutely. france denmark are, are gonna you know in my mind are gonna make it through um for the through group d all right so Denmark is going to boss this group. They're going to win every game in this group. They're going to absolutely cement themselves as one of the contenders, not just to win this group, but to to win the whole thing. I absolutely have been infatuated with this group ever since the Euro. They have been on fire. And, I, you know, if form matters for anything at all coming into this, they're they're going to be going deep into this tournament. And I got a few things I got to say about France. So... France has never put two World Cups in a row together, virtually in their history. 1998, they won the tournament. 2002, they finished last in the group, and they were out in the group stage. 2006, they made the the final. 2010, they were again last in the group stage and out. 2018, they won the tournament. So they're dealing with this bad, like, can't put two and two together thing. And on top of this, they're also dealing with the World Cup loser's curse. Only one of the last five world champions has gotten out of the group stage. Ladies and gentlemen, France is not getting out of the group stage. Oh, he did it. Oh, wow. In fact, I'm picking them to finish bottom. Wow. You're picking them to finish below Tunisia. They're, they're, they're going to get one point. That's it. Oh, God. They're going to lose to Denmark, and they're going to lose to Australia. I mean, I, I hope you're right because I would love to see it. I mean, I'm no I'm no France fan. Wow! I have see no, a team that talented. I mean, do that? I think it's just going to be one of those things where the ball is just it, it's it's just rolling down the hill, and it's just got it's just bad juju. They're not playing; they weren't playing well even before all these other injuries happened. Yes, they have all this other talent, but I don't know. It just it just seems to be the way with them, and I, you know, especially after Germany was like the unquestioned favorite four years mm-hmm. ago, and they didn't even get out of the group stage either. Well, that's because their There's coach just, was too busy picking his ass and smelling his fingers. Just something- <laughs> <laughs> Didier Deschamps, if you're taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good old Yugi yeah. Love. But yeah, so I've got Denmark winning the group, and I have Australia going through in second place. Wow, okay. that's 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 got to be the first major upset of any of us. Wow. All right. Group E. Now this group is, in my opinion, the hardest group in the tournament. There's a little bit of debate about that, but I think it's the most difficult. You've got Japan, Spain, Germany, and Costa Rica. Wow. To me, there's not a bad team in that bunch. The Ticos. So I'm going to lead off on this one, and, you know, you guys are probably, like, you got your alarm bells probably on right now. Dan does because he's thinking, like, oh, Steven is the biggest Costa Rica homer ever. He's going to take them. He might even take them to win the group and blah, blah, blah. You can breathe a little bit easier here, folks. Say you just took freaking Australia to beat out Costa France. Rica is, Costa Rica is a team that, again, they had this extremely talented core. They made it all the way to the quarterfinals and lost on penalties in that round in 2014. They didn't really have it in 2018. It's still largely the same guys who are running the show there, guys like Brian Ruiz, Christian Bolaños, 
Omar Duarte, uh, Marco Urania, and Joel Campbell. I just can't see these guys putting it together. I mean, Seems they were like very, they're at the end of their cycle. They were very, very, very good in the back half of the octagonal and came out basically from the dead to get fourth place and to get to this tournament. But I, I just can't see it. Um, I think that Spain is, you know, of the former European World Cup winners, I think they're in the best form. I think they will win the group. Germany, on the other hand, I just don't think is very good, quite frankly. And I'm going to pick them to finish bottom in the group. I, I think Germany. Jeez. I think Germany's not going anywhere. They were very lucky to get out of their group at the Euro. They did, you know, they did all right in World Cup qualifying, but I just they didn't do very well in the Nations League either. I just I don't see it from them. So I'm, I got Spain going first, and I have Japan finishing in second place. Hmm. You don't think Japan would lay down for Germany given their past? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> you did you catch my drift there? <laughs> Nine. <laughs> uh, Brett. Um, it's kind of the same situation for me with uh, with the Group B. I mean, I I cannot uh, say that my Vaterland of Germany is. Yeah. Going to- finish bottom of the table um i i really hope that they make it out in the set in the second spot because they're not going to be top in this group that's for sure um i think spain again is is uh is very strong and they will see themselves out um as the as the leader as the winner of, the, of that group um but yeah i mean steve and hit the nail on the head with this being the toughest group because mm. both those other two teams, Costa Rica and Japan, always, always, always play yeah. really well in tournaments. So, um, but because of my my bias to uh, you know my my uh, my dad's uh, birthplace, Germany, um, I, I gotta I gotta at least push them out of that group in the second spot. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they they do have a lot of talent. Um, the, the, they do have a new manager, no more Yogi Love. Um, you know, so, uh, Hansi Flick, I believe is the, uh, is the new, with these German names. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I see all sorts of German names, you know, just from, from, you know, being German and everything, but like you go from a Yogi to a Hansi. Um, so, um, that's but, the uh, way Der Mannschaft rolls. Yeah. Yeah, so they they do have a lot of good, you know, still have a lot of good tacking players. Still, they're. they're I, I looked at this call up. I'm like, I don't know who half these guys are. It was like the the scene in in Major League. Like, who yeah. are these? <laughs> but, who are um, these guys? <laughs> um, you know, it, it, and and some of these, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these German players at their clubs have not been in the best form. And I'm, I'm talking to you, Kai Havertz, because Ooh, hello. Granted, granted he has been played in all sorts of wacky positions when I know that he's, he's strongest in the central midfield, but um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they come out. I do like, you know, Leroy, Leroy Sané and Jamal Muziala and, um, <laughs> Serge Lavery. Dan and Dan and you and I talked about this the other day, but just just look at the names of these German players nowadays. I know. 
I know yeah. I just said like we go from a Hanzi to a to Yogi Lo or I mean a Yogi to a Hanzi. Yeah, but then you go but, to the players and like only half of them sound German. Right. Right. I like mean, Serge Nabry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean Nabry, Sane, and Musiala are probably going to be your you know three starters in the attack. That's hilarious. Where, where they, yeah, where where they put Kai Havertz, but um it's they're they're in a transition still i feel like yeah you know and i grew up rooting for when i first started following soccer which i mean again dan you and i were talking about this earlier today but i first started watching the world cup you know or soccer and you know world cup 2006 hosted in germany and they were just a juggernaut of a team um and what a great world it, cup by the way one of the yeah. best it's, it's not for the like U.S., but the other teams. I'm like used to anymore. Like those, that World Cup was phenomenal, mm -hmm. and you know, I have my my Bastian Schweinsteiger jersey on the wall. I mean, he was young, a young buck at the time. Now like, there's a German name. Yeah, Schweinsteiger. Yep. yep. So you know, you had you. It was it was a different different time back then. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I want to see Germany get get through. But I'm I'm preparing myself to not see them go through for a second, you know, second World Cup. So that's what I get for that group. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much much to add. I while I do agree with the sentiment of both of you that this is probably the toughest group. I do think that chalk is going to prevail in this group. I think Spain and Germany are coming out of this group. Spain um, first. Yeah, I just think Spain. I feel like is opening up. Uh, another uh, cup-winning, potential cup-winning window uh, with a lot of their players. We started to see it in the Euros, but, like, Pedri and Gavi and all these guys that they have coming up um, to go to go along with Ferran Torres. Uh, who else do they have? Uh, <laughs> the, guy, the guy that I could not stop saying his name, uh, uh, Olathabal. <laughs> You look at the you look at his the way his name is spelled out and because I don't know if it's, if it's the uh, the Catalan pronunciation or something, but they it pronounce is. the Z as th. Yes, that's Catalan. Yeah, Ola Thabal instead of instead of or, like or former PGA golfer Jose Maria Ola Thabal. Ola Thabal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <clears throat> it's um, yeah. I I just think Spain is Spain is still very good. Um, and I think they're opening up a potential uh, window for them in the, in the next uh, few tournaments. And then Germany, I I feel like Germany is going to play in this tournament like they have nothing to lose. And like you said, Brett, they're still Germany. They're still very talented. But I feel like they're also sort of like Spain where it's kind of like, you know, the old guard has been, you know, led off to pasture and they're they're starting to cycle in these new young players that have a lot of potential um so i i i have them um making it out of the group i have spain and, and germany all right moving on group f this could be the most evenly balanced group in my opinion this group has belgium morocco canada and croatia didn't Canada just lose Alfonso Davies? He's in the squad, but 
much like Sadio Mane, who knows if he's actually yeah. going to play or not. Dan, you can lead this one off. Name those again. It is Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. Um, well, we're starting. It's starting to get late early on this episode, so I'm going to go really quick. I'm going to go Belgium and Croatia. Belgium and Croatia. So Belgium. I do like. The group. I do like Canada, but I can't see them go. Ah, uh, man. I do like Canada, but mm. I, Alfonso Davies needed to be healthy for them for me to pick them. So yeah. Brett, what are you thinking here? Um, I'm gonna flip flop what he said, unless I I got that wrong. But I have Croatia one and, and Belgium two. Yeah, that's flip flop. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, well balanced group. Canada, I think, is another four years away from being competitive and, and you know getting out of the World Cup group. But it's funny. Uh, given it's funny how they timed that up perfectly. They're they're going to be in their golden era when they're technically hosting the World Cup. Yeah, which can be said for the United States as true. well. True, very true. But um, but and Morocco's no pushover either. I mean, yeah. you know, they um, they've got a few you know a few good guys um, on there. I'm not necessarily a fan of him any as much anymore. But Hakeem Ziyech from uh, Chelsea and might be on his way out. Probably will be on his way out on this transfer window. Um, and then uh, Hakimi, who plays with PSG. I mean, he was considered mm-hmm. one of the one of the best fullbacks in the in the world. Yep. Um, kind of just gone off the radar for a little bit. So, you know, those aren't those aren't teams that are gonna go down without a fight. But yeah, I got Croatia, Belgium. Okay, so I see Croatia kind of similarly to Costa Rica, veteran team. Most of their guys are, you know, this is their last go-around. End of the cycle, yeah. And generally speaking, I don't like these teams. So I'm not taking Croatia out of this group. I do think Belgium is going to boss this group. They're good. They probably will get nine points, frankly. I really went back and forth on the on the second spot here. Uh, but Alfonso Davies' injury is devastating for Canada. I feel like he was I'm the dynamo. They do the, still have Jonathan David. Jonathan David and Kyle Lahren are two guys who have just been dynamite up front all through the octagonal and the lead up to the tournament but i do have questions about their midfield and their defense especially with you know if if davies isn't there that just makes it a lot harder for everybody else so i'm actually gonna go with morocco in the second spot i think they've got a lot of talent uh the two guys you just mentioned hakimi and and zayek are the guys who are going to be really running the show and then they've got a lot of other you know top talent in the european top big five leagues so Give me Morocco in second place. Interesting. All right. He's all for the shocking. Uh, yeah, let's let's run through these uh, these last couple groups here. Group We're already past G. an hour. So here you go. Group G is Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Oh, I know. I know who you're taking. Uh, I might as well just get out of the way right now. It's Brazil and it's Cameroon. <laughs> there you go. There's no way I was not taking Cameroon. Like, Steve's uh, Steve's wife is from Cameroon. They are, they already knocked out Ivory Coast and Algeria just to get to this point, so they're battle tested. Are they better than Serbia or Switzerland? We'll see on the field, but I I like their chances. Yeah, um, I'm gonna got guys like Abubakar and uh, Chupa Moting out there. Excuse me, say that again. Abubakar. Oh, okay. Uh. I'm going to go real quick. I'm going to say Brazil, and I'm going to go with uh, Switzerland. Okay. Sorry, Ryan. Right. That's all right. I have Brazil and Switzerland, Switzerland as well. Brazil and Switzerland for the both of you, and I've got Cameroon in second spot. And then Group H, 
not a very strong group to round it out. You've got Portugal, Ghana, South Korea, and Uruguay. Brett, why don't we start with you on this one? Well, I, I hate seeing Ghana in this tournament again, so I'm just going <laughs> to off the bat. Um, they are probably one of our arch enemies when it comes to World Cups mm-hmm. uh, for the United States. But, uh, I, I, yeah, Portugal, very talented. Um, I, they, they are going to struggle. It's not going to be easy. Um, I think that they'll make it through. Um, and then... I'm going to say Korea, South Korea. Um, Ooh, all right. I think that they uh, they they will su- surprise and and you know Sunny Sunny uh, Tottenham Spurs. Your boy. Uh, yeah, I I I think that uh, I I think Korea, South Korea will surprise and and Portugal and South Korea will make it out. Okay, uh, I'm going with Portugal and Uruguay. Yeah, you're going with Portugal and Uruguay, Brett. Portugal and South Korea. Yeah, it really is just a battle for see who's going to get second here. Ghana has no shot. I have no idea how they even got here, quite frankly. I'm just going to say Nigeria pretty much fell on their face in qualifying when they should have beaten them handily. Um, Uruguay was third in comable qualifying. That's per, that's pretty hard to ignore. I mean, they, they're very good. But again, they're another team that is, you know, a lot of veteran guys coming toward the end of the run. Guys like Luis Suarez, Edison Cavani. Diego Godin, yeah, it, it makes me wonder a little bit. Uh, boy, I'm even still kind of wavering now, but you know, yeah, I'm I'm gonna no, I'm gonna go with Uruguay. I just think that uh, Korea just doesn't quite have the goods to get out. Hmm. I, I don't. Interesting. All right, so that those are the groups. Uh, and then who do we – obviously, we're, we're not going to go through the knockout stages because we all have different teams, and we don't know how the the matchups are going to – the matchups I, are all the matchups are all going to be different for any of us, so but we don't have time to go through the entire tournament. Who do we have – who do you guys have winning the tournament? Who's going to be the World Cup champion? Brett? Nobody wants to talk. This is funny. <laughs> Oh, I'll go first then. Argentina is going to win the World Cup. Argentina. I think Argentina is going to win the World Cup, and I think Messi is going to cement himself as the best player of all time. So just looking at the road that you've got Argentina on, you'd have them against Denmark in the round of 16, either Netherlands or England the next round. Then they'd be looking at maybe Spain or Brazil after that. And then prospectively, if you look all the way out to the final, you'd be looking at maybe France, maybe Belgium, maybe Germany, somebody like that. That's a pretty tough road, but yeah. I I know they have not necessarily fared that well in the World Cup the past few times. I know they made the final in 2014, but um, I just think Messi is Messi's going to do it this time. I just think. I, I just have a feeling. Don't all jump at once. Everybody's oh, holding their cars at the best. Brett says Brazil. Brett says Brazil. I think they're going to get that six star on their crest or over, uh, over their crest. They, Bastards. Talent, their talent is just insane. Overwhelming. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's insane. And yeah. They're going to be playing in an environment, a climate that's much like theirs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I just, yeah, they, I saw a tweet that showed just their 
their attack uh, depth, and it's I mean it's mind blowing. So I, I think that they are going to just run run the table, and Brazil will be the winner. I do think that the both of these predictions are very astute because Argentina and Brazil I had as you know take them as one or one A. They're they're clearly the co favorites in my opinion, most people's opinion, in fact. But I'm I'm not going to follow either one of you on this choice. I know I'm, he's going to take. Uh, the old Dan thinks he knows who I'm going to take. So yeah, right. I said at the beginning I was going, <laughs> I was going to pick somebody who had not won the tournament previously. That meant that I had pretty much four choices: Portugal, Denmark, Netherlands, and Belgium. Not Cameroon. No, it's not. It's it's not going to be a team from <laughs> Africa or North America. Unfortunately, as much as I'd love to see that. Uh, but no, I guess I'm going to go with a team that I think is in a combination of best form and has good combination of veterans and, and young talent. And I think their draw is the most advantageous of these teams. So for all those reasons, I'm going to go with the Netherlands. Oh, I thought you were going to say Denmark. I think the uh, Netherlands are a team that has knocked on the door quite a few times in the past, made with finalists in 2010. They've got the pedigree. The only thing they don't have is the trophy, and I think this is as good of a situation as they've had in a long time to get it. So, yeah, I'm going with the Dutch. Well, we all have different uh, picks. That's That means this tournament's wide open. I will say uh, Brazil Brazil and Argentina are pretty much chalk. Going with the Netherlands, that's, that's sticking your neck out for sure. A little bit. Yeah. I, mean, I don't so. think that's a crazy choice, but yeah. No, it's, no, it's, it's not crazy. But, but yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not the fashionable choice. All right, real quick. Uh favorite uh you can you can name a couple if you want, but favorite World Cup moment. I I ha- I, I wrote them down before. Um cuz I knew we were going to talk about it, but um I'll I'll be really quick with it. I have a top 5. My number 5 and you know, you guys probably remember this when World Cup was on World was on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, but leading up to the World Cup, they always had uh, commercials um, with a U two song in the back uh, background, um, and then they're, they're just talking about different different countries that are in the World Cup um, that year or whatever. Um, I miss those. I mean, just I, I love U two. I love Coldplay was the other the other um, band that they used regularly. Um, and then at the end of the tournament, they always before the final match, they always did this closing montage of the just a recap of the entire tournament. And man, I mean, Fox doesn't do anything like that, or at least I, I don't remember them doing it for 2018. Um, so that just i mean whenever i think of world cup that's what i think of and, and why i go back and watch those videos on youtube um number four for me was germany defeating argentina on, on penalty kicks in 2006 world cup in germany um in front of their home uh, home fans um there's a story that Jan, jens Lehmann had basically notes with him on his water bottle i've heard this all, yeah re, he, he knew you know knew where all the um Argentina, uh, Argentinian player players were, were going to hit the ball, and sure enough, I mean, he I think he blocked like two or three shots, um, and then that kind of created like a uh, a mini rivalry between Germany and, and Argentina um, for a little while. So um, number played three, in the fourteen final. Yeah, yeah. Number three, um, you I I have the U.S. 
men's national team beating Ghana 2-0 um, in the opening uh, opening match for them in uh, 2000 and, uh, 2014 in Brazil um, just because that was that was the game on the calendar for us that was that would set the tone and um, Clint Dempsey coming in scoring that goal I mean I screamed so loud oh yeah that was the uh, one he scored in like the second minute right um, yeah I mean it was like it was in the first first third of the match um and uh yeah i mean you saw josie Altdor go down with a hamstring injury pretty much yep. knocked him out of the tournament that was like our huge you know our huge hope and attack that year um but uh yeah clint dempsey scores that and i just i, I remember my wife was at work during the day and i just start screaming like just i can't stop screaming and cheering and i'm pretty sure my were probably thinking someone was getting murdered in my house but uh, anyways um another u.s number two another u.s national team uh moment was that donovan goal against algeria um it, i mean i didn't I, I can't remember if i saw it live or not but there oh, shortly I saw after, that live. there was a youtube video to the feet to to uh, uh one of the songs in in uh, from the soundtrack of rudy and they showed every single uh, you know, U.S. men's yep. uh, supporter bar and their reaction to it. They and even I mean, showed uh, Mary Arts in Cleveland. They did, yeah. So I Lakewood. I could watch that and and still get chills. Oh just yeah. That. Um, and then number one, obviously for me, would be Germany winning in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty exciting to see that in person. Um, the way at the end they, too. What's that? Didn't that go into uh, extra time? Um, Didn't go to score in like the yeah, it was like 108 minutes yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, it was insane uh, goal too. Right, and and the way that Germany went through that knockout stage, I mean that seven seven to one uh, win over Brazil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was and now granted Brazil did not have Neymar. Neymar got knocked out, um, but still they. Yeah, the, Neymar ain't playing no defense they, though. Right. I mean, it, it it was just an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable tournament for them, and I think that was where they started their downfall, um, their untergang, as we would say. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> and they're rebuilding now. Um, but. Uh, that was my number one. I mean, I, that was, that was awesome. I was, you know, I was a far apart from my, my dad and my brothers, but we all kind of shared in, in cheering for that one. So those are my top five moments for world cup since I've been watching it in 2006. So Steve, go ahead. So he mentioned a couple of these, uh, the, the first one, there, there I three, feel, I feel like all three of us are going to have the same U S ones. There were three that stick out to me. Well, the, Actually, you got to go back to 2002 for the first one where the U.S. got a goal in the fourth minute of the very first game of that tournament, and then they got two more goals in the first half. One was from Brian McBride, and the U.S. was just pounding Portugal, who was like one of the best teams in the world at the time. They won that match. It just kind of set them on course for a big tournament, and they ultimately ended up beating Mexico in that tournament also, which you know was honestly – the best World Cup that the U.S. has ever had to date. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that was... <laughs> yeah, there was Acero even then. But um, the two later ones are kind of, you know, 
pretty much every USMNT fair is going to mention it. The land on the goal against Algeria in 2010, which sent them through not just to the second round, but as a group winner. And then also John Brooks's header winner against mm. Ghana in, in 2014. Ghana had just equalized. Uh, Andre Ayew had just tied the game in the 82nd minute. And, you know, people were thinking, oh, well, son of a gun. You know, we had these guys beat. You and I were at back. Monday Night Raw for that. That's correct. You and I were in a suite, and we weren't even paying attention. We were just watching the TV mm-hmm. in this. We were paying attention to Raw. We were, we were watching the TV I don't think in the it suite. even started yet, or maybe it was like the pre-show was going yeah. on or something. We, we, were, we got there early, and we were watching, and, yeah. You know, and like three minutes after that, you know, they get a corner. It's John Brooks. Graham Zuski hits Brooks. a perfect corner in, and Brooks just heads it. Right down to the turf and bounces at home. And that was a win that the program really needed because Ghana was a, just a total pain in the neck for us in both 2006 and 2010. And to beat those suckers in 14 was awesome. Yep. So that's yours? Yeah. All right, so you guys stole all my U.S. ones. So I've got two. And uh, Brett's, Brett, like a broken record, has heard heard this one. Um this actually happened two straight games in the same World Cup. It was it was the greatest World Cup ever played uh, in Germany. Great host, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> uh, Italy, Fabio Grosso's goal uh, to, to take the lead against Germany in the 117th minute. I think it was 17th minute. Uh, and then in that same game, uh, Alessandro Del Piero putting the nail in the coffin in the 120th minute, sending uh, Italy to the World Cup final. Uh, yeah, that was uh, one. And the next one is was the very next game. Uh, it was the penalty shootout against France. It was David Trezeguet hitting the crossbar, and uh, ah, Trezeguet. And then uh, Fabian Barthez uh, guessing the wrong way on every single penalty as France's goalie, and uh, Italy. Interestingly enough, Fabio Grosso uh, hitting the game-winning penalty, which gave us our fourth star, which at the time was second. Germany has since tied that uh, aforementioned in 2014. So that that is one of the main reasons why I'm not rooting for Brazil. Uh, I picked Germany to get out of the group. I don't really think they can win the World Cup this year, but Brazil is the odds-on favorite, so that's the main reason why I don't want them winning the World Cup because I want Italy to still be in striking distance of uh, of the top spot. And we would have five, by the way, if we wouldn't have gotten screwed in 2002 by Korea, the host nation, that was the most bastards. That was the best World Cup ever for the U.S. It was maybe the worst ever for Italy. It was the most corrupt of all time yeah. by any logical measure. But that's neither here nor there. So uh, those are my moments. Uh, and by the way, uh, not only because we won the World Cup, but Steve can attest to this. Uh, I had like 50 screaming Italians uh, at my parents' house for that final, uh, and uh, we were running around the house screaming and yelling after they won. I'm never going to forget that day in July 2006. That was something else. Yep. So those are my moments. Uh, we're already on 120 minutes, so let's just run run, run through it real quick. Uh, what's your favorite Outside of the U.S., you know, I know, old glory and all that. What's your favorite national anthem that you love getting, uh, that you love getting, um, that you love hearing played? I can't talk. That you love to hear be played at the World Cup. Who's going to go first? 
I'll go first. It's Italy. Okay. I was I was gonna actually say Italy myself, only because you will not see well, you will you will see um uh some teams out there, but I will always always love seeing Gigi Buffon just yep. screaming at the top of his lungs the Italian yeah. uh, national anthem. Um, but, uh, I mean, since you took that away from me and I don't want to be, I don't want to be, um, Homerish biased to Germany. Ch- once the German? things. Um, but I've always liked, um, Brazil's as well. Um, okay. And I only attribute that to, again, when I first got into watching soccer in 2006, um, there was all these, these YouTube videos and commercials, uh, by Nike with Joga Benito and, um, you had um you had like ronaldinho as a kid and then you had the the brazil national team it was, it was a lot of brazil themed stuff and so i i took a liking to brazil i mean try not to be a you know a, a bandwagon fan of you know one of the, the historically best national teams in the in the world but like it, they were just fun to watch there and and so i i did like uh hearing the brazil national theme the national anthem hmm Steve? Well, for me, I get the pleasure of hearing a national anthem that we have not heard at the World Cup for 36 years this year. And to which I can only say, Oh, Canada, (laughs) our home and native land, true patriot love. Thou dost in us come at you know you're, that's, that's I was gonna say you know you're American, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do love I do love So <laughs> that that's gonna be sweet. Oh we actually you know we get to hear a new one. Uh we get to hear God save our king this year. True. Yeah. Not God save our queen. That's yeah. interesting. We get to hear a new one this year. Does Wales also play that? Uh as well as England? They're all they're both part of the UK, so Yeah, is that the, I, is that is that the British national anthem or is that the UK? United Kingdom Well, national British anthem? and UK is the same thing. Well, okay, I England Wales has their own anthem and yeah. then England sings the quote unquote England national English national anthem. So yeah. Oh, so that's not even God save the king. Is that something think... else? Okay. That would make sense. Well, they say they say they sing God save the queen at the Euros. Oh. Yeah. Hey, I, I here's a challenge for you. Uh, yeah. Google Wales national anthem and then pronounce the name of the national anthem. Do it. Say. I don't have access oh, to my Welsh? phone. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Let's. Uh, Welsh is ahead. a weird language, by the way. <laughs> it is very odd. Yeah. W- let's see here. Wales national anthem. Uh, I'm looking for the actual name. Henwad fly nado. What does that mean? Am I saying that right? Hen Henwad fly nado. Sure. The title sounds mean, like a, the, sounds like a chick I met the at the bar last night. The title means "Old Land of My Fathers" in Welsh. Oh, well, hey, God bless you. All right. Well, uh, I did have plans to maybe talk a little Browns, but we're almost at an hour and a half on this episode, so we are not going to do that. I'll just Thank say, God, 
Well, you weren't. You didn't even have to do the post game show this past week. Hey, Again. hey, give give everybody a synopsis of what my post game show was this week. <laughs> the offensive line stinks. The offensive coordinator stinks. The defense stinks. The the secondary stinks. The head coach stinks. <laughs> Miles Garrett stinks. <laughs> oh, I don't think I said that. <laughs> I don't think I said. Now you're putting words in my mouth. How dare you? Um. Same yeah, not tough, That's not right. accountable. The only and... thing I'll say is Deshaun Watson returned to practice today, and uh, we're supposed to get three to six feet of snow in Buffalo this weekend. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen six feet of snow that wasn't a, uh, a snowbank from a, from a plow. You have a hard time shoveling all that snow out of Bill's That's stadium. That's as tall That's as we are. Snow. How are they even going to get to the game? Like... Well, there was, there was talks about them possibly moving the game to Detroit. I'm like, why don't they just move it to Cleveland? Wow. I guess I guess that's kind of unfair. Detroit's not super far, I guess. I guess that's kind of unfair to give us a, a home no, game that's technically a road game. game. I don't know. No. Most of the fans that at the game probably boo the Browns anyway. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you're going to keep it a Bills home game, you'd have to paint the Bills logos. On the oh, my logo. God. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh. Right, because – when they had to move a Chargers game one time because of wildfires, they they did that in Arizona, and then when the the Metrodome collapsed and they had to move that game to Detroit or wherever, they did the same thing with the Vikings. Crazy. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, uh, I I don't see it going well for the Browns on Sunday, no matter how much snow is on the field. So, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be another pissy post game show on Sunday. Uh, so there it is. So. But, uh, yeah, that's our Browns recap. And, yep. uh, anyway, hope you guys enjoyed listening. Brett, thanks so much for joining again. Uh, Having me once again. Yeah. World Cup starts next week. What day? Sunday is the opening match. And then next Monday Sunday, right? is uh, – no, this coming Sunday. Oh, like in three days. Yes. Four days. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. And the U.S. plays on Monday. Yeah, yes. It's, holy crap. Yeah, it's coming up. 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 p.m. Yeah. local time in Qatar. Yeah. I, all the U.S. Up. games start at 10 p.m. local time in Qatar. Yeah, they're all late starts. Which actually might be good for them because maybe it won't be so deathly hot Yeah, at 10 o'clock at night there. But, so, uh, yeah. So that's going to do it for us on this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you're not a soccer fan and you listen to this, maybe this will get you to watch some World Cup. We hope it does. And if not, and you still listen, thanks for uh, – for getting through the episode but uh we had to do this uh this happens once every four years so um yeah one episode uh uh will is, is the bare minimum that we would uh devote to it so appreciate you guys again for listening uh you can follow us on social media at stiffs mcgee i'm at daniel j ford uh brett you don't do you really care to give out your social media you can i don't care i mean i sure B Hoyer underscore pioneer. Let's go. And uh, you can follow the pod- podcast at the LOTL podcast. And this has been episode 236 of Living Off the Land. And we will see you guys Sunday for the postgame show. And then we'll see you guys next week as well. See ya.